everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's October 7th. It's 2020. We have four baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, DFS, the Almanac, Dean. 789-15-08-3-1-2. Um, Dean, how's it going, my friend? It's going all right. We don't have time to get all technical on you and correct this because uh, I'm currently sweating some baseball. We just let the people know we're recording this on a Wednesday. Nope, on a Tuesday night, uh, 10.09 on the East Coast if you want to get all technical, 7.09 on the West Coast. And, uh, yeah, the Dodger game just started. And most importantly, I'm sure this is what people care about, is the Heat. The Heat are playing the Lakers. And this is how dedicated I am to the people out there, Stevie. This is how dedicated, dedicated I am to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I'm missing my precious Miami Heat. I have my eye on them. Uh, it's still in the second quarter. This is the fourth quarter. We might have to, you know, we'd have, have you know, a conversation as far as our contract here, but. You know, uh, we're, we're sweating the heat out. You know, we're, it's probably inevitable, but it's it's still fun. We're, we're playing with the house's money. It's good times. But, hey, this is DFS. This is Daily Fantasy Sports TV. They don't care about Tuesday night or Thursday night. The listeners care about Wednesday and Wednesday only. And Wednesday, we have a pretty sweet four-game slate. Yeah, we're, we're going to be running out of these very soon. Um, we're going to be playing showdown baseball slates, two-game baseball slates. We, we are – the time is getting thin on these. Like it could, it, this could be potentially the last four game, you know, of the of this of the year. Like, um, if the Astros win, they sweep, right? Isn't they're five game series, aren't they? They're not seven. So, um, so if the Astros sweep, we're recording now, so we don't know if the Rays or Yankees they're they're playing. The Yankees are down by one in the in the Padres game. They're obviously just starting, but. Like this could be the potentially last four game slate that we have this year. So, um, you know, we got to take advantage of these while we can, because like, you know, we, we saw a couple different ways to be different on Tuesday's slate. And I'm already seeing a couple of different ways to be diff- different on Wednesday's slate. So let's get into it. Uh, we get started with the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves, Pablo Lopez, Ian Anderson. Um, let's start with Pablo Lopez first. Do you have any interest in him in this spot? Um, I guess maybe kind of sort of as an SP2, like one way to be different uh, on DK. I guess that's something you can do. He's a perfectly fine pitcher, uh, decent pitcher in the Marlins. They have the worst bullpen, one of the worst bullpens in all of baseball. And I was kind of digging into their bullpen earlier today. It's a disaster. And, you know, they're bottom feeders. They embrace the whole term of bottom feeders. And that's kind of like a joke. And they sort of like, you know, they, they appreciate. They're kind of making fun of the idea that the Phillies called them that. Or one of their announcers did. But their bullpen is legit bottom feeders. Uh, so the point is, they want to stay on that bullpen as long as possible. We saw game one, how their bullpen got shellacked too by Atlanta. Uh, Lopez is a guy that can throw 100 pitches. He's a per- per- perfectly fine pitcher. He's not going to overpower you. It's one of the toughest matchups on the board uh, as far as Atlanta. We should note, the people aren't aware, this Miami-Atlanta game is taking place in Houston. <laughs> Oakland-Houston is playing at the Dodgers. Tampa Bay-New York is playing at San Diego. And San Diego-LA is playing at Texas. So there you go. And that's fun to keep up with as well, too. Uh, Miami uh, is down 1-0, like you said. And, yeah, this could be the last four-game slate because Houston, we'll talk about them in a second, they're up 2-0 uh, currently on Oakland. And, yeah, Atlanta up 1-0 on Miami as they actually pummeled uh, that Marlins bullpen. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's the playoffs. You're going to have to pick on good pitchers or at least, you know, halfway decent pitchers. And Lopez is a perfectly fine pitcher, and he can get the job done. He can go six or seven and strike out six or seven. That's definitely something that can happen, but – uh, if you're going to power rank the pitchers in the board, um, you know, he's probably not in the podium. If you want to be ambitious in tournaments, I have no problem with it. But, uh, you know, I probably don't make enough lineups to have maybe more than one share of Lopez. I usually make like 10, 10 lineups by hand. So 
maybe I'll get, I know this is sort of my, uh, my MO, maybe I'll get 10%. And I'll get one share <laughs> Lopez, but probably not. Probably not because I'm more likely to go elsewhere as far as my pitchers. Yeah, I, I've talked about it multiple times for the playoffs. I play one team. Um, so, like, I build my my favorite team and I, I let it roll. So, I probably won't play Lopez today. If I was playing a 20-entry max or if I was playing a 150-entry max and, like, I was mass multi-entering, you have to play him. This guy's a 36% K rate against righties. Um, he's going to face a majority of a right-handed heavy team here. Uh, the only lefties he's probably going to face is is Freeman, Albies, and Marquecas. So, six righties, it's going to play to Pablo's strengths um so he is a guy that can go out and get a lot of strikeouts against righties now the atlanta braves team is very very solid up and down um you know everybody in this lineup has an iso over 200 as far as like the top seven batters so it's a tough matchup for pablo lopez but if you're playing a lot of teams you have to have exposure to him because he could go deeper than a lot of these other guys on this slate and i think that is one of the things that's kind of interesting about him the marlins they know they have a really crappy bullpen so you know, Pablo Lopez just faced Atlanta right before the playoffs started and put up 24 fantasy points. So, like, and, and like he faced them at the beginning of September and put up a negative 11. So, the range of outcomes is massive, but, you know, he's certainly someone that's in play. Um, going to the other side here, Ian Anderson has been fantastic this season. Um, Dean, like, this is the guy with a 31% K rate, um, 3.4 XFIP. Like, he has been fantastic. Um, what's your thoughts on him here? Yeah, and talk about going deep, and that's a very important point to make about Lopez. Is he's a guy that's not special. He's fine. He's fine. He's a perfectly fine, maybe slightly above major league average pitcher, about twenty five percent K rate. And who wants to pick on the Braves? But we'll run down the other pitchers. There are some pitchers out there that might only pitch like two or three innings if things like, you know go awry. And I think the Marlins will give him a little bit more leash again, talking about how bad that bullpen is there. Uh, Anderson, you know, big prospect there for Atlanta. He's shined so far this season. It's not a big sample size, but thirty two point one percent. 32.1 innings, the K rate at 29.7%, not giving any homers, 4.5% homer in the fly ball rate, uh, 0.28 homers per nine. Uh, you know, he's been a little bit lucky as far as home in the fly ball, obviously at 4.5%, but the hard hit rate at 25.9% small samples, the smallest, uh, the lowest hard hit rate on this slate. Uh, ground ball rate is at 52%. The fly ball rate's at 27%. He's facing the Marlins. Uh, I, I mean, I built a lot up before we went on air and, I, I built one on, on DK, I should specify, not doing on Fandle. Uh, first of all, the cap is really, really loose. Spoiler alert, if you guys have not been playing baseball uh, in the playoffs here on DK, or DK the whole year, let's be frank. Uh, super, super loose. And yeah, Anderson's my SP2. He's the third most expensive guy, but we'll kind of run down some of the names that are kind of sort of like interesting names, but not really hard, uh, easy to trust for various reasons. Uh, Anderson, he's gone no less than 99 pitches his last four outings. Now, three of them are 99 pitches, but still. You get 99 pitches against the Marlins for a guy that's got a nice K rate, not giving any homers, tons of tons of ground balls. Uh, yeah, I feel good about it, and I assume they're a pretty big favorite as well. Um, uh, nobody's like a monster favorite, but they are favorite. So, um, let's talk bats here. Is there anything on the Miami Marlins that you might take a shot against um, Ian Anderson with? Yeah, well, look, we live in the world of a salary cap, and John Birdie is 2.4K. Right? Is that that's a that's his DK price? Uh, and he's got wheels. If he gets on base, he, you know, the Marlins do whatever they can to kind of generate runs. Uh, if he gets on base, he's got the, re- the green light to go for sure. Dickerson's super cheap at 2.9K. Now they have Matt Joyce at 2.2K as well, too. So the Marlins bats are cheap. Now it is worth noting uh, if Anderson comes out, when Anderson comes out, lefty comes in, there is pinch hit risk for Dickerson. There's pinch hit risk uh, for, for Matt Joyce. Just be aware of that. Be on alert for that. 
but they are cheap enough where you can roll them out. Or, you know, just like we saw with uh, the dude for, what was it, Margot for Tampa on Tuesday night. He, he got his homer, and, of course, Tampa's really, really aggressive as far as pinch for guys. But if a guy gets a homer in his first second of bat, who cares if, he's playing, if he, you know, he gets the hook? He already got there. He already paid off that salary. But uh, just to kind of sort of make things work, I currently have John Birdie as my uh, my shell lineup second base at a 2.4K. I don't think there's a ton of opportunity cost at second base. Uh, I think like you're you're paying up for Brendan Lyle, maybe DJ LeMahieu, or you're paying down. Um, so I don't hate that. I don't mind like Jose Altuve in the middle. So I, I don't hate Birdie. Like you said, he's a guy, if he can get on base, he'll run. Um, so always like that. Um, I don't really like the Marlins in general. I don't mind Birdie. Like you said, cheap leadoff hitter makes sense. Um, you know, going to the brave side of things, like, you know, I played Lopez. I, I played Freddie Freeman everywhere on Tuesday and he feel, it felt like he was the only like Braves hitter that didn't hit a home run, but I'm going back to the well. I think he's in a great spot um, here against Pablo Lopez. So I think it's just another one of those big spend versus little spend dilemmas, uh, first base specifically. Uh, Freeman at 5K is a really good play, uh, really good play against Lopez. We'll talk about Lopez as a tendency to be more vulnerable against lefties as well. And Freddie Freeman, we know he absolutely shellacks everyone, especially at righties. But, you know, again, salary cap concerns, uh, you know, G-Man Choi is 3.1K versus Tanaka, which is a really, really positive value too. And that's just sort of like one of those deals where if I got to go all the way up or all the way down, just kind of like it, it, set, it sets up a 2v2 or a 3v3. Uh, I can't recall which one I put in there, but that was my decision point. Uh, the guys in the middle we'll talk about are perfectly fine as well, too. But, uh, you know, dollar for dollar, I think Choi and Freeman are the two uh, first basemen that are really kind of popping for me. Uh, by the way, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw this, Stevie, but Acuna tweeted out like a couple hours ago or so. He said, like, they hit me because they can't get me out with, like, smiley faces. Acuna's great. I love I love you saw his homer today. It might have just oh, yeah. landed. It, it was insane. And, and then, of course, they hit him. Alcantara hit him later on and – I don't know if he did it on purpose. Probably not. Maybe, I mean, just be dumb to do it. And, I, you know, Acuna starts walking to the – it could have got ugly. He starts walking with his bat to the, you know, to the mound. Like, eh. But, he, he, you know, cooler heads prevailed, as they say. But the Marlins have a history of, uh, of hitting Acuna. That's just, it, it's Urania. I think you said it multiple times. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there's some bad blood there with Acuna and the Marlins. Just sort of throwing it out there. I'm not saying they're going to hit him in the, the, the first inning. That would be really dumb. Maybe they'll get. Maybe Lopez gets warm before the game. Who knows? But uh, and also, like if you're a pitcher, you want to try to. You know, you need the inside. If you don't have the inside, you're done. You're dead. Uh, so you have to sort of establish that. As, you know that as a pitcher, you got to establish the plate, establish the inside. So he's, they're probably not doing it on purpose, but just worth monitoring. It'll be interesting to see. Just kind of watching watching the game. You know, Darno is having the best year of his life at age 31. Uh, you know, this is a prospect who, like, 10 years ago was traded for Roy Halladay, who's traded for Syndergaard, and he had a bunch of injuries, and he had, he had Tommy John surgery. It's good. I think he said the best year of his life at, uh, you know, for, professionally uh, at age 31, so good for him. He was one of the guys that banged out there for Atlanta as well, too. And, yeah, all the other pieces are perfectly fine. Of course, uh, the 77th revenge game for Marcelo Zuna, he certainly is pl- in play as well, but more of a stack, you know, more of a stack guy. Uh, Freeman, Acuna, Ozuna, all good stuff. You got to play a catcher, so Darno is probably my favorite as well, too. That's what I have for you. That, that, that's uh, that's this game for me. Yeah, you know, I like Freeman a lot. Um, obviously, you know, I think this is a great spot for him. And then, like, I don't mind, like, Adam Duvall. I think he is a guy that could potentially go low-owned. This is a guy that has been absolutely crushing the ball. Um, and, like, he's going to face the Marlins bullpen at some point, too, so it's not just Pablo Lopez. So I think – 
Duvall is interesting as like a home run play here. Um, but I think that's kind of like my two main pieces um, considering like price and everything here, but I don't hate the Braves. I, I think that the Marlins bullpen is, is really, really bad. So um, mm-hmm. you can always, you can always play guys here. Uh, Oakland at Houston, Jesus Lazardo against Jose Urquidy. Um Let's talk Lazardo first. Um, any interest in him? I don't think so. You know, he's one of those guys like coming into the season. I thought Luzardo, you know, live arm, a lot of hype on him, but doesn't seem to be fully stretched out. He's not a guy, even if things are going well, I can't imagine him going beyond like five innings or so. Uh, Oakland does have their backup against the wall as well here too. They're down 2-0 in a five-game series. So any sign of him ro- being rockety out there, uh, is that a word? If things not going well, I just made up a terrible word, rockety. That doesn't make any, maybe getting rock and sort of, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Let's pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> but the point is, um, I would imagine that the hook would be fairly quick, uh, just you know, because it's got to be all systems go there for Oakland down, down to zero. Um, let's see, last time out, he threw 59 pitches before that, 54 pitches on the 19th, he threw 90, but that was you know three weeks ago or something like that. Luzardo, perfectly fine pitcher, but uh, you know, also lefties against Houston. I know Houston make fun of me, kind of say they've had kind of a down year and down year by their standards there's still plenty of uh, power there and you know if you want to just pull it down to the playoffs we've seen Springer wake up he's a free agent get, waiting to get paid uh Bregman of course he, he's coming alive as well too Correa banged out a couple homers here today the Dominion of Altuve you know historically absolutely annihilates the the southpaws so it's a bad matchup and there's not a long leash I can't imagine he goes very deep and the price isn't great either so why would I play Luzardo? I'm not playing him. I was okay. just asking if you had any. Like, <laughs> I think I think he's a super talented young pitcher. Um, this sure. is a guy that in, in a couple of years we're we're probably going to be talking about as like a staple. Um, but like, it's a tough matchup. Like the the Houston team's a patient team. They walk a lot. Um, you know, Lazardo's walk numbers are fine, but you know, you start digging into the the lefty righty matchups, and it's going to face a lot of righties here. Not only like and, and like, Oakland has had no issues pulling pitchers early, um, like throughout the entire you know first two rounds. So, like this guy, he went fifty nine pitches last time out. Like you know, you just you can't trust him to go deep. Um, it's not like he was getting shelled, but like he was getting hit, and then like he got into a little bit of trouble, and they said yank. Um, so, I, I think like for all those reasons, I'm probably out on Lazardo here. Um, Jose this is why like Lopez, like Pablo Lopez is cheaper and it's a better play, right? Even though he's not necessarily yep. a better pitcher and the matchup's not necessarily better either. Both bad matchups, but just I think I think Lopez has a better chance to go six and change and stick around long enough and survive. Is that reasonable? Yeah. No, no, that's that was my argument. Like that that's what I was saying when I was talking about Lopez. So um Jose Urquidy on the other side here. This is a guy with a strikeout rate under 15%. Um, we don't expect him to go deep, right? Like this is a guy that's going to open and probably throw like three, four, if he's pitching really well, five innings. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's sort of what I expected. I thought that uh, Granky was potentially up, uh, up, but I guess that that's not happening just yet. I'm not sure if he's like on layaway just in case they need him. Uh, and again, if they're up to zero, everything is sort of like fluid and pending, but yeah, Urquidy is uh last time out, he went four and changed. He did throw 76 pitches before that. He threw 98 pitches. Uh, yeah, and he's basically on schedule. He threw 76 pitches and four and change. I guess he kind of scuffled out there. Uh, not really, just, I guess, kind of labored at some, like, big, uh, long at-bats, just two walks. And like you said, the key there, uh, the salary is kind of, sort of, somewhat reasonable. He can go five, I guess, if everything goes well for him. 
Uh, I think he gets the W. I think Houston knocks out Oakland just kind of the way this is going. And we'll talk about that offense in a second that, you know, how they just pummel left-handers and momentum. If you believe in that, that's a thing too. Uh, and the ball has also been flying <laughs> out of LA. I'm not even watching these games and even who was it? Lance McCullers. If you're watching Lance McCullers, like giving up homers, he like can't believe the ball's going over the wall. I mean, his reactions were amazing. I don't know if you caught this, but he's like, how, he's like pointing. He's like, how is that? I thought that was like a pop-up. How did that go over the fence? Uh, and traditionally, you know, day games out there in LA, you know, console Kevin Roth to see what he has to say as far as the weather. And I'm not even sure if this is throwing weather edge off for, for Roth because it's Oakland versus Houston with the game taking place in LA. I'm not sure if weather edge is all over that or not, but uh, the ball's been jumping in, in LA and historically the ball jumps in LA as well too, for what it's worth. Yeah, it is. And like, you got to think they're playing early on the West coast. They're playing like, you know, 1230. Yeah. It's so they're playing middle of the day, heat of the day, you know? So, you know, I just, he's not a guy I'm going to play here. I, I kind of like the Oakland bats. I think they're, they're super interesting here. I think a lot of people are going to be on Houston here. And I think Oakland's a great like leverage play here. Let's, let's talk um, Oakland bats. Uh, what are you looking at here for Oakland? Well, I'm, I'm, is Zach Greinke available as like a backhand guy? Or is, oh, now I'm seeing it's his day to day. Okay, he's being evaluated for a right arm soreness. This is as of 10 6. So that I guess is, he was supposed to pitch, or is that just that one is, of those things where, go ahead. No, Dean, that is, we're up 2 0, and we don't need him to, we, we can give him some more rest. That's, that's, that's all what I was that asking. That, that's the feels like. If they needed him, they would use him, but they're not sure if they need him. So let's just let him chill. And also, Zach Greinke's like, isn't he almost 40 at this point? He's a man. He's like, I think. he's magically ready for game four. If they go to game four, like he, he's perfectly <laughs> healthy. Like, I think that is definitely something that's interesting too, about these series with no days off. Like they're playing mm-hmm. these games back to back to back to back. So, um, you know, Verlander's hurt. Um, so, you know, McCullers pitch game one. So, yeah, you're hey Granky, you just uh we'll we'll go kind of the, use some bullpen in this game. Um hopefully your Kaidi can get us four and then the, the relievers can get us through and our bats continue to carry us. That you know, that that's kind of what I think it is. So you said you like the Oakland bats as as leverage. Uh Chris Davis is starting to bang out some homers. He's starting to make him make some contact and about time. He's still fairly cheap, uh 3.4k on DK. Uh no problem with that. Uh you know, I guess they're kind of sort of a uh, he didn't crack my shell lineup, but he's certainly in consideration. And dollar for dollar, perfectly fine, especially if you're, t- you know, you're shooting for tournaments, you're shooting for upside. It's got plenty of power. Uh, Olsen has a ton of power too. We talked about the first base moves specifically. Uh, we talked about Freeman, and we referenced, you know, Choi out cheap. is one out in the middle. Go for some, uh, go for some Olsen who will go. I mean, you can't say he's going to be under owned. It's hard to be under owned on a, a four game slate, but maybe lower owned than you might. Uh, than maybe he should be. Who, who are your favorite Oakland bets? Oh. Of course, you, you asked me as soon as I yawn. Um, <laughs> I like uh, – so if you're not paying up for, like, Corey Seager or Fernando Tatis Jr., um, like, you, you're paying – you're probably getting, like, Marcus Simeon. Um, I think he is a good option. I think Correa on the other side is interesting too. But the guy that I love here is Mark Kana. Um He profiles really well in this matchup. He's a guy that I really like. Um, I think he has a lot of home run upside. I know he's been ice cold, but, yeah. hey – if Chad Pinder can bang one out and if Chris Davis can get hot, um, you know, but like, I, I think Robbie Grossman is another guy you have to like here. He's 3.3 K. You talked about like uh, Travis Darno having like a career year. Like, I, I think we could say the same here for, for Grossman. Um, this has been a fantastic year for him um, in a small sample. Like he's hit over, you know, he's what eight home runs on the season. So 
Um, comes into this matchup with a 255 ISO against righties. So I, I like Grossman a lot. I think he's really interesting at 3,300. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Like, I don't typically, and I said this yesterday, I don't typically, like, full stack on these slates. I, I typically go two or three Same. mans. Um, so I like Oakland as a leverage play, but, like, it's still pieces. It's still not like I'm going to load up a five-man Oakland stack, especially playing only one lineup, like – you know, just for me, I, I'm not going to stack here. So, and I play a lot of single entry stuff and like stacks don't have to, you don't have to stack in single entry stuff um, during the playoffs to win tournaments. So um, Houston Batstein, what do you like here for Houston? Yeah. Um, this DK kind of fell asleep at the wheel here. Like why is Bregman 4.1 K? Like what up with that? Um, of course you can get away from that in tournaments, but uh, like just because it makes a ton of sense dollar for dollar, he's going to pop in any model and, you know, projections for baseball are kind of goofy. They're good to use as like a, a base, but when you're building your tournament lineups, you shouldn't necessarily, you know, <laughs> you obviously that's not how you should build tournament lineups. There's different strategy involved with that, but I don't know what the story is with Bregman at 4.1 K. That's just goofy. Altuve pretty reasonable price of four two. Springer at four eight should probably be in the fives. Like that's, that seems too cheap as well too. Um, the hottest hitter in baseball is under five K. I don't understand it against the lefty. Well, I mean, the pricing probably wasn't out uh, when he's hit those two homers, when he just came out or whatever. But, you know, Giancarlo Stanton hit two homers uh, for the Yankees. So far, it's only the sixth inning, and he's like 4-4 four, four on this slate. Uh, we'll talk about him as well, too. Just overall, uh, the pricing is just down, and, like, a lot of the guys are uh, just too cheap. And, you know, just it's easy to – you should like your lineups. Outside of maybe your pitchers, you should like your lineups on uh, <laughs> when you're making them on Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm with you. Um if you play cash games on this slate, you have to have Bregman and Springer. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, you don't have to do anything, but I feel like you're not building um, optimal lineups if you don't have Bregman and Springer in cash. So I think Correa, Altuve, these guys are all very interesting. Uh, Michael Brantley, don't be afraid. of like the lefty-lefty matchup for Brantley. He's 3.5K. Um, Gary L, if you want to save, like Choi is a good pinch hit risk. Um, for Tampa, you were talking about him a little while ago, and we'll talk about him in the next game. But Choi is always a guy like Renfro could come in and hit for Choi. So, um, there's a couple guys, not just Renfro. Um, so <laughs> the entire I, team gets swapped out for Tampa, it's frightening. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like a guy like Gary L at 3.2k, um, they don't typically like Houston's not a team that uses their bench as much as some of these other teams. So, Gary L at 3.2 K against the lefty is um, interesting. So uh, moving right along here, we got the Rays and the Yankees. Um, Morton against Tanaka. Uh, sorry, I was clicking a link there. Um, Morton against Tanaka. Let's start with Charlie Morton. We watched Tyler Glass now give up some home runs, but still like overall just, you know, give us the strikeout upside that we were looking for ten. in a four game. Yeah, 10. Like we were just – we were we were hoping for something along those lines, even if he gave up a couple runs, and um, you know he's doing really well. So, uh, what are your thoughts here with uh, Charlie Morton? Yeah, I wish he was better this year, and I don't know if it's like he had he's had injuries or if he's just old. He's got to be what thirty seven now at this point. Um, you know, decent K rate, twenty four point seven. You know, on, on the season, which is fine, five point nine percent as far as the walks, and you know, you, you pull up the plate IQ here on RGM Rotor Grinders. Uh, all you see is green for every Yankee projected hitter for ISO for Woba outside of Torres and like Sanchez. Isn't that weird? Sanchez has a, a bad Woba. Well, yeah, the, the ISO is certainly there. 
the K rate obviously pops too. Fraser pops as well as far as a K perspective. There are some K's in this lineup. Uh, Stanton will, will strike out a good bit, but he's not banging out three on homers. Judge as well too. Uh, like I felt good about Glassdown. I figured Glassdown did, but you know, a pile of strikeouts and a couple homers and some walks. Like that's what that, that's his three outcomes. And that's basically what he did. Uh, and he got there and the, the Yankees near side got there too. And I think it's a good time to kind of mention uh, it's perfectly fine. At least I think it's perfectly fine uh, to roster a hitter against your pitcher. Not probably not more than two. One maybe is fine. I'm not looking to roster two, but you know, we saw Glassnow get there and we saw Stanton get there <laughs> very, very easily. Both of them crushed. Um, yeah. Just want to throw that out there. People sometimes are afraid of that concept, but I wouldn't, uh, I mean, I assume on a four game slate, you're okay with that. Yeah, uh, for sure. I talked about it yesterday. I think that that's a- another way to get leverage on these slates. Like people are so like so scared to do it, and like I, I get it. Uh, in the normal regular season, like you get a four or five game slate, you're probably not doing it a lot. But like the playoffs, like you have the best teams in baseball, and you know you're you're trying to find an edge somewhere. Like if you play Pablo Lopez, you can play some Braves against him because the Braves could do well after Pablo gets out. Like so. You know, at the end of the day, if you want to take one or two guys against your pitcher, um, you're not directly just playing your pitcher. Um, you know, that's something you got to remember. You got bullpen, you got all these games. So um, I'm not on Charlie Morton here. I completely understand why someone would play him. He is a guy that doesn't give up a, a lot of power to righties. He has been a lot worse this season. If you compare him to like last year, um, you know, last year, this is a guy that we could really like go out and trust to you know dominate games he had 30 percent k rate um he had a 0.094 iso to righties last season but like you know we look at this season and it's changed a little bit and i don't know like you said i don't know if it's injuries or what um but i'm not gonna go out of my way to to play a bunch of bats against morton i just don't love him in this spot and then Tanaka on the other side um uh, you know, we talked about him yesterday because we thought he was going to be the the starting pitcher in that game, and I didn't love him yesterday, and I, I don't love him again today. Yeah, I mean Tanaka, twenty two percent K rate in the season. That's not spectacular. Uh, he's got the most homers per nine on this slate compared to the field at one point six nine per. Uh, you know, forty three percent ground ball rate, thirty nine percent fly ball rate. Uh, you know, as far as a Sierra, it's it's a little bit higher than the ERA suggests. You can say he's been a little bit lucky from that perspective. Um, I don't think I want Tanaka. Like the, the prices are pretty reasonable where it gets you an extra bat or two, where I think you can play both Morton and Tanaka, but, uh, you know, the optimal pitchers from what I can tell, I haven't, I don't know if you can even run stuff, uh, run optimals at this early hour, but, um, I think it's Kershaw and Anderson, which is sort of weird to say because he wants to pick on the Padres. But again, you're going to be rolling out good pitchers against good lineups because Hey, these are all playoff lineups. Well, Marlon's been the playoffs too. Um, but yeah, Tanaka and Morton are in the mix. Uh, and Morton's kind of sort of like in the best form he's been in all season long. I guess you can say that, but he just hasn't been great all year. Uh, and I don't really, I want a guy that can strike people out that are facing the Yankees because you're not striking them out. You're, you're setting yourself up for some potential damage. Uh, this game is in the, uh, San Diego, San Diego, this ballpark historically plays better for lefty power as opposed to righty power. But like, does it matter for guys like judge and Stanton? Like instead of hitting the ball, in row 15, they're hitting in a row 12 in left field. Like, does it matter? I don't think that matters when they, when they get a hold of it. Stanton actually, uh, tonight, Tuesday night, hit an absolute laser down the right field line. I didn't see the second home or the first one. 
just it got out like it's one of those balls that only Stanton hits. It's just incredible. The guy, the power that guy generates when he gets a hold of it. Um, so and yeah, that's a good segment of the bats. He's four point four k. Like that just seems like the wrong price. Uh, that's incorrect, right? Yeah, he, he's cheap. Um, and, and like you look at his season, like he's actually hit right-handed hitters or pitchers with power all year. So um, he's going to be popular. He had two home runs. I, I don't mind being underweight on him in tournaments or fading him. Um, I, I like, uh, man, I like Aaron judge in this spot. I think he is someone that, you know, is an interesting pivot. He's more expensive. Um, if you're not playing Freeman, I think you can look at Luke Voigt. He's crushed the ball all year. Um, so like those would be like my favorite Yankees. And then like, if you want to get some value, um, you can look at like Brett Gardner. He's 3K. Um, he's super cheap. If he cracks the lineup, um, like he didn't crack the lineup on Tuesday. So, you know, it's potential. Like he always seems like he hits in the playoffs too. That's why it was weird that to not see him in the lineup. Um, is there anybody else that you like for the Yankees here? Yeah, I mean, you can play them all. Hicks is a nice play, a nice price at 3.5K. Voight is probably contrarian because he's he's $200 more than Freeman. And if they were the same price, Freeman's a better play. And Voight's $200 more. So, you know, as a one-off or as a little mini stack, I'm okay with Voight. Uh, because, again, I much prefer Freeman over Voight in a vacuum, but it's baseball and goofy things happen in baseball all the time when you only have four or five chances to do things. Um, you know, Freeman get the ball hard three times to, uh, you know, to a fielder. and He has nothing to show for it. Uh, we are burying the lead, though, aren't we? We got to talk about Randy Rosarena. Oh, that dude's amazing. He's going to be awesome. He's still super cheap there for Tampa. Uh, he's absolutely smashing the ball. He hit an all-homer again Tuesday night. Uh, looking like the best player in Tampa. Austin Meadow was, was kind of a surprise start. At least I thought it was kind of surprising. He, he started, you know, he didn't play the day before. He came in as a pinch hitter, I believe. Uh, so, you know, he's coming to the season with their projected best hitter. Brandon Lau's got a ton of power, too, there against Tanaka. Uh, we talked about how lefty power plays better in San Diego. Uh, so, for sure, Meadows and Lau definitely in play. Choi as well, too. But we do have to put out the warning. The warning flags for Tampa, how deep that bench is. You know, and they don't care. You're only as good as your last, last at bat. They don't care. Margot hit a home run his last at bat. He's, he got the hook. He got two ABs, and they say, oh, righty's coming in. You're out of the game. You got the boot. Yoshi came in. I think they pinch hit for him, and then they pulled out Yoshi for a uh, a different fielder. Phillips came in the field. Uh, you know, like you said, Renfro is a guy that can come in and spell Choi. That's definitely something that can happen. Just be afraid. Uh, <laughs> the caution is there in tournaments, you know, YOLO, do whatever you want, but a lot of these rays can only get three at bats potentially, maybe two. Yeah. You know, I, I think the safest guys is probably Meadows, Lau and Zanino. Um, you know, I talked about Zanino yesterday, Got my Zanino home run to catch Darno a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I think they want Zanino behind the plate. Like, you know, they're very high on his, you know, calling abilities and stuff like that. So I think, like, as long as Zanino is healthy, they're going to let him stay in the game a little bit later than a lot of these guys. And, like, something else we got to note here is, like, this is like it's the flip flop. So this is game three. So the Yankees yeah. will be the home team here. Um, so the Rays are technically on the road in this one. So like you'll potentially get your your nine innings here. Not potentially, you'll get your nine innings um, from guys that don't get pinch hit for. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So slight, slight bump, slight bump to the Tampa offense. Uh, Miami with, with Miami still the the road team at Atlanta. Oakland's now the road team at Houston in LA. 
<laughs> and San Diego will be playing game two. So San Diego will be at LA in Texas. Uh, and it's worth noting, by the way, I'm just, I have my eye on that San Diego LA game. Uh, we had Clevenger start that game. And I was like, I thought Clevenger was hurt. Uh, he picks one inning and yep. did not give any runs, but he walked three guys and he already got the hook. So we're getting at least seven, possibly eight bullpen innings out of San Diego. So, um, I mean, I know that most of these guys, so they're all, everybody's sort of warm up and ready to go and they're relaxed and they're chill, but uh, just going into the game on Wednesday night, that bullpen will be worked hard. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to bring that up, but um, yeah, glad you brought it up. Uh, let's, that's a good segue into that game. We get the Padres and the Dodgers, Zach Davies, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, we'll start with Zach Davies here. And like you just said, the San Diego bullpen is going to be taxed here with Clevenger only throwing one inning. Um, it's a lot of work for them. It'd be interesting. Like, obviously it's happening as we're recording. So um, we don't know like what the situation is going to look like as far as like who's throwing innings and stuff like that. Uh, but it'd be interesting to like, just kind of look at and see and, and see if anyone um, goes like four or five innings just as a relief guy. So, yeah. Um, Davies, any interest no. in Davies? No, I mean, he's 9.1 K on DK. And we saw last time he got the really, really quick hook. And I, I'm not sure if that was the, the do or die game there against St. Louis, but that was a shootout against St. Louis where it was 11 to nine. He pitched two innings, gave up four on runs. And that was that he got, I, I think that might've been winning at that point. If I'm not, if I recall correctly in the third inning, they took him out, but, um, yeah. And we, it's pretty clear that they have a quick hook in San Diego and they don't, they don't trust any of their starting pitchers. Maybe Clevenger got hurt again. I don't know the story there, but um, they're not afraid to, to pull their pitchers out. And Davies is nothing special, and it's a bunch of it's a bunch of power lefties. They're lurking, and it's nine point one K. What are we talking about? No, all those reasons about. Um, so I was reading that it was he got pulled in warmups of inning two. So um, I'm oh. guessing it was potentially injury related. So. Yeah. Um. Listen, I'm not playing Davies against the Dodgers. I think it is the playoffs, and you can take pitchers against good teams. Um. Every it, it seems like almost every team you're gonna face is good right now. So, I get that, but there's there's smarter decisions on this slate. Like I'll play Pablo Lopez before I play Zach Davies. Like I hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. Oh, Meadows just homered. Boom. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone in my outfielder is homered on Tuesday night. There you go. <laughs> I, I moved Boom. all my Chris Davis, the Meadows, and all right, now I feel better. I, I, I didn't you. interrupt the po- – the people need to know this. This is very important. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> I like I, – I, I was like, what What just happened? Did the Heat do something? Um, and They're down awesome three though. with three minutes to go, five minutes to go in the third. We will definitely finish this podcast before the uh, middle of the fourth quarter. All right, well, I got to draw it out now some more. Um <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, you already kind of talked about it. Like it, it sets up as Clayton Kershaw and um, Ian Anderson to be the the guys on this slate. Clayton Kershaw is having a, a year: two point six five xFIP, thirty percent K rate, walk rate under four percent, fifty five percent ground ball rate. Whatever stat you want to look at outside of like his his high ISO against lefties, he's been fantastic this season. Um, what about the stat of I was told Twitter's told me that he's uh, impervious he cannot pitch in the playoffs is that can you confirm that is that true did they not watch uh, the first series it was the Brewers he... it doesn't count they they they, they won't, oh count. Is, is that what it didn't is happen. didn't but if he got shellacked by the Brewers see I told you oh yeah um <laughs> listen I am one of those people that are afraid of Kershaw in the playoffs but like he <laughs> listen this is not this is like Clayton Kershaw a couple years ago like this is not. 
Clayton Kershaw back hurting, um, not pitching to his full potential. Like he is pitching really well. And um, don't, don't be that person. Like don't play him because of his playoff record when he's been pitching this good all year. So um, I I mean, I, I was mocking that if that wasn't clear to the listener, I think it's silly and he's always been a great pitcher and like randomness and weird things happen. And uh, yeah. So San Diego hasn't been that special versus lefties this year for what it's worth. I was looking at it before the show, like uh, maybe like what, 104 WRC plus something like that. And I know we think Tatis is a monster and he is a monster. He's amazing. And Machado is excellent as well too, but this San Diego lineup is not very deep, you know, Grisham lefty on lefty Profar is whatever, you know, Noah's competent, I guess for a catcher, but not a spectacular hitter. I know you like Cronenworth beginning of the year, but you know, he's sort of been exposed. He's still young. He's not a finished product just yet. It's not, it's not a great lineup <laughs> outside of Tatis and Machado. Like it's just a couple other guys that are professional hitters. It's weird to call Will Myers a professional hitter. He's getting like 150 or something like that. What is he making? 120 million. Good for him. Get your money. But uh, obviously uh, he's probably not that kind of player anymore. Or it never was probably, but um, he was a free agent in the right year. So good for him. But uh, yeah, Kershaw has been fabulous here too. It's been, he was kind of downhill coming into the season. Like you said, 30.2% K rate in the season, a 3.6% walk rate, 54.9% ground ball rate. Everything checks out. I love it. And like, who else are you going to pitch? You're pitching Kershaw. You're pitching Kershaw. Um, Let's talk about the Padres bats. I don't hate Will Myers. Will Myers, this is what he does. He crushes (laughs) left-handed pitching. Like he, he he is, um, oh, who, who was the guy for the Dodgers? Scott Van Slyke. Um, Oh boy. There it is. Lefty match. Like, like that's what he did, right? Like he never got the Will Myers paycheck, but, uh, his agent (laughs) is not as good as Will Myers. So, um, the thing is like, he's in the lefty match for hall of fame. Is he not? Scott Van Slyke? Him and James McCann. Um, (laughs) so like, I don't mind Will Myers. I think Tatis is someone you can look at. Machado, fam. Like, I'm not going out of my way to play any of these guys against Clayton Kershaw. Like, let's just be honest. Like, I think Seager's a better play than Tatis. Bregman's a better play than Machado. And we've named, like, 15 outfielders that are better than Fam and Myers against Kershaw. Yeah, I'll for sure play a Tatis, like, Kershaw lineup. I'll de- and he's 4.7K. It's baked in. He's And he's also a guy, if he gets on base, he can swipe a bag or two. And those bags don't hurt Kershaw. But if he doesn't score, it's like birdie, like running birdie against your pitcher, running birdie against Anderson. Birdie gets on base, however he gets on base, whatever. Maybe it's a fielder's choice. Maybe it's a walk, however. He steals second, he steals third, doesn't score it. How does that hurt Anderson? It doesn't. So, like, you know, that, that's how that's how Tatis can get his points. Of course, Tatis can just homer. And I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> I, 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 if you tell me Kershaw gives a, lead, a leadoff homer to Tatis, I'm still playing Kershaw. I'm still, I'm gonna, I think he's going to figure it out. I'm sticking with them. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the tease as a one-off there with Kershaw lineups. I'm good, I'm good with that. All right, there you go. Um, Dodgers, like every single one of them, whoever, any of these guys you want to play. Um, like I said, I love Corey Seager today. I think it's a great spot for Mookie Betts. Um, any of these guys, like any single Dodger that you want to play, they're all in play. Yeah, um, it, it, like you said, it's an interesting decision points as far as, you know, how do you value Corey Seager versus Carlos Correa versus, uh, uh, well, versus Tatis on the other side, which um, is kind of sort of an interesting conversation. Uh, I mean, I, I love Betts, but Betts is distinctly more expensive than Stanton. He's distinctly more expensive than George Springer. And maybe that's what makes him, you know, less as far as the ownership. You got to factor that in. Uh, if he's 1K more expensive than Springer, 
even more than that than, uh, than, than Stanton. That doesn't really check out. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. More expensive than Judge, we said we liked, uh, and all the cheapies there in Tampa. So I think I think Betts is going to be kind of sort of uh, you know lower uh, than, than he should be. Uh, you know, that, that's a sort of my thought process. And of course, Betts, you know, jack in a bag, potentially can make out two homers. He can do lots of things there. And the Dodgers can put up, and who knows who he's going to pitch hit against because Davies might not stick around. And that bullpen, we don't know what's going to happen in that bullpen. If anything else, their, their best arms got to play on a back-to-back nights. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love this Dodger lineup. I just don't know if uh, I like it as much dollar for dollar as I do some of the other stuff we already mentioned. It's going to be hard to get theirs is what I can tell. It's always hard to get the Dodgers, and they always um, break the break the slate. That, they might, cool. yeah. Um, that's it, man. Nothing else. Um, yeah, that's it. You have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Go let you finish watching the Heat game, and um, yeah, yeah. Go Heat. Uh, are we not? Is there not? We not playing the game? Is the game expired now that it's the playoffs? Is that not happening? It is really hard to play the game on a four game slate. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, we're not playing the game. Like Randy Rosiana, Randy Arosa uh, Arena. Uh, that's your guy. There you go. Yeah, he's gonna bang on some homers. Well, I shouldn't All say right. plural, but one. How about that? That's good enough. Grossman's my guy. Uh, I just like Robbie Grossman's my guy today. There you go. There's our guys. Um, Fair enough. We're both on Ian Anderson and Kershaw, and I like Pablo Lopez a lot more than I did at the start of the podcast. So there you go. Yeah, um, I think Pablo Lopez is probably like the fourth best option. I think he's the third best option. I, I really do. <laughs> no, it, it, it's like not if, crazy. If you consider like how deep they'll let him go and everything like that, I think he is the third best option on slate. So yeah, no disagreement. All right, uh, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back um, tomorrow. We got the football podcast with Grant and I, and then we also have a baseball podcast um, as well. So there'll be two morning grind podcasts tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can always catch Dean all over Roto-Grinders. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Roto-Grinders YouTube page. That way you can see him uh, Sunday Sunday mornings, right, NFL? Yeah, so I'm going to be on the pick six as well. I'm going to be taking over pick six with uh, with uh, Rebar and Daigle uh, Wednesday nights for football. That'll be good times. We record that tomorrow night. And, uh, yeah. And, oh, and Thursday, I'm even hosting I'm hosting the showdown site. I thought I was going to be chilling. But uh, I think somebody's out, like Toe Tag and Tambos. I'm going to be hosting a – uh, Tampa Bay uh, versus Chicago, the Bears. Uh, do you play the showdown slates? Is that, is that something you kind of take a world at or not so much? I love them, man. I, I think there's an edge in them for sure. I've been dabbling. I, I've embraced them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking. I've yet to host one of those shows, so I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, it's, there you go. Like, and I, I say I play them. Like, there's nothing more fun than, like, running the 20-entry max with the, the – like, the they have really good payout structure always, and, like, it's just fun to make 20 teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I usually make 10, but and I just make 10 by hand and uh, with, with a with very good success. You know, I've had some good days, some bad days, haven't hit the nuts just yet, but uh, it's been fun. It's been fun, and uh, I look forward to playing it on, on Thursday. I'm looking forward to the Bears, which is like something I haven't said or anybody said in many years outside of Chicago. Yeah, like I was all in on Toynian, um yesterday, so like it was <laughs> it was it was good times. So it was um, that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. Appreciate everyone listening. Um, yeah, baseball is coming to an end, and uh, we got a lot of stuff going on here. So make sure you're checking out Roto Grinders for all the great content and everything. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Go Heat.